I want you to say hi to my friend Linda. Can anybody say hi, Linda? Okay, so um, if you look up the word, well, it's, it's two words, but if you look up the words hard work in the dictionary, her mug is right under that phrase. This is one of the hardest working human beings I've ever seen in my life. Um, not just in her career, but in ministry. And I asked Linda to share today, and I just want to do a quick interview with her because it really sets up what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, Linda is involved in a ministry that most people, especially if you're a believer, you, you would say that it matters, but what she does is not the comfortable route of ministry. Um, she volunteers nearly full-time and still runs her business on the side, has her career. She is working with what the Bible would call the least of these, the down and out, the outcasts, those who maybe don't have as much value in the eyes of society. So what I'd like you to do real quick is just tell us what this ministry is, what do you do, and how did you gain a heart for this? So... I didn't really know I'd ever be working in jail and prison. Um, Joe Haney, she works in there too. I think she, she's worked in there longer than I have. Um, in fact, I know she has. I just work in there often because I work for myself, so I just make a lot of time in there. Um, and it seems like to be a pretty natural fit for me. So uh, I go in there. I didn't know I'd be working in there. Someone mentioned jail ministry once, and then the people that mentioned it don't work there anymore, but I just stayed in there. Uh, it seemed like a good fit for me. It's just, there's no light in there, mm -hmm. so it's a very dark place. Yeah. Um, the first thing I notice is they don't welcome Jesus in there or Jesus' people necessarily. So the light that you know we do bring in there, mm -hmm. that's pretty much the only light that there is in there. and. The ladies that come in there, um, I've seen probably about 700 yeah. um, in the five years that I've been there. Yeah. And I spend, I don't know, probably about almost 1,500 hours in there this past year. Wow. So, but it's been so rewarding for me. Um, it's just a single ministry. So you don't, it's not a team because, I mean, we have a team, but you don't go in as a team. So it's just uh, a lot of, you know, you go in there a lot at night or when nobody else is there. Yeah. So you're there on the weekends, evenings, yeah. and um, these girls are desperate. You know, one of the things that was interesting going in with Linda is uh, I've gone in and we've done like the group setting where we minister to uh, a room full of ladies in a circle and you just feel the presence of God there. Mm -hmm. um, the, the gals that, that work with Linda, um, they bring songs and um, testimonies and scripture and create conversation. And, uh, and then I've also been with Linda and we've sat with, you know, the worst of the worst that are getting processed and going to be spending, you know, a good amount of time in the state penitentiary. And these are those that are going to be, you know, they're in solitary confinement. Um, they can't be around the general population. And some of the stories that I've heard either directly from them or from Linda, I even mentioned, I said, there's some stuff we just can't share. It's a little graphic, but, you know, when the average person's in bed at 10 p.m., um, there's a whole underworld that is taking place mm -hmm. and really dark and crazy things. And I grew up around a lot of that stuff, so it's not a shock to me, but you see this population of very broken people. So mm -hmm. my question to you is, you're diving into the messiest lives. Why do you care when you're pouring yourself into these ladies, some get out and their lives get changed, but 
others, they go right back and do it again. Mm -hmm. And then you see them again, they go back. Why do you care? Why would you put yourself through that? Oh, I just feel like it's a calling on my life and God has reiterated it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So when I've tried to leave, because it is so, sometimes it's so discouraging and it's definitely heartbreaking. Um, but the kids, I care about the kids, the people's yeah. kids yeah. and um, their identity is confused. So I always start with identity. Mm -hmm. I always start with Genesis 127 and I ask them, did you know your identity was in Christ? And they don't even know what that means. Yeah. And so when I start there, and then they always tell me, oh, I was born like this. And I said, oh, no, you weren't. Mm -hmm. And then they, I said, did you kite a chaplain? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, I'm the chaplain. And they're like, what? Yeah. And then the second question they always ask me, have you been to jail before? Because I'm sure it just seems like I'm a natural fit there. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. I always go, no, sorry, I haven't. But, you know, we didn't have social media then either. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I could have been. You so just didn't get um, caught. That's uh, all. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So I start with identity and then I let them know that they're not forgotten and that the, every promise, you know, that God has in the Bible, it's 100% a yes or an amen. So if they find something in here they like. So I always start with Psalms 139, 14, 16, you know, through 16, where it says that he placed them in their mother's womb. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, too, to them is do they have children? Majority of them, 90-something percent, have children of their own. So that's where I can probably start off with them identifying with them. If they have their own children, if you're a mother, then that kind of hits your own heart strings. And then they start to, like... Um, their walls start to come down a little bit. And then if you talk to them about Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I know the plans I have for you. Everybody knows that verse, but it's not that one. It's the 12 through 16 that mm -hmm. talks about, um, if you'll come to me and pray to me, you know, I'll listen to you and I will bring you back out of exile. Yeah. Then they start to understand, aha. And when I keep reiterating to them that it's a promise, God can't lie. So all faith is, is just knowing God. There's no big trick, yeah. okay? Yeah. The same faith that you have, that I could have, is just reading this book and believing it. And then one of the things is it says nothing's impossible with God. So if he can't lie and you know the word and you have a Bible, then you're just as capable as me. And then all of a sudden you start seeing the light come on. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're starting to get free. Yeah. And it's a process, it's a journey, but it is... It's a marathon, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not a quick thing. So we, we sit in a circle and uh, Linda informs me, um, so the person sitting to your left, oh. so this woman killed a pastor. Um, mm -hmm. This other one was mm -hmm. busted for a sex ring that got taken down. There was True. another one that didn't come in, but True. It was uh, attacked a guard, tried to choke a guard out. And, and so you think, man, you're in there with wild animals mm -hmm. and you know, why do you care? Or you look at society and you could look at the infraction or the crime or the, the sin that they committed. And it might be easy in human nature to be like, this is the scum of society. Um, these people need to be put away and kept away from. But then you get inside and you see what Linda and these ladies are doing and you see the brokenness mm -hmm. and you see the story behind the chaos. And you realize that, wow, even though they've done this and there is punishment and there are consequences for your sin, um, it does not change the love of God for these ladies. And to watch them cry and break and sob and get saved and forgive and, and let go of bitterness and, and receive forgiveness, it is such a beautiful thing because God shows off his grace in the darkest places. And so in what way have you encountered Jesus in 
amongst the least of these. How have you encountered Jesus there in ways that you haven't out in kind of the safe church world? Mm. Well, I've seen people be set free. You know, they've contacted me years later and they sent me pictures where they've never, ever, ever had any contact with their families. And now they're at their family reunions. And now that their kids are um, calling them mom and they're able to meet their grandparents right before they die. Yeah. They have, you know, all this peace they've never had before. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I always tell them is, you know, you can do all of this, but you have to remember it's gonna cost you something. Yeah. It costs Jesus' life, you know? So you have to deny yourself and pick up your yeah. cross, yeah. you know? And it's the same thing with, like a perfect example is yesterday, you know, it was cold and blustery. I got home from the gym and I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to go out to Purdy either, right? I see a girl out at Purdy for four years and it's so hard. Get in there, going to visiting, you have to wear something totally different than I get to wear in jail, anything I want. But out there, it's so difficult and make it hard. I had to wait 45 minutes to get in. It was just, ugh. But it's like worth it. On the other hand, it's going to cost you something. So yeah. you're going to have to deny yourself and pick up your cross. You're gonna have to give up something to get something. Yeah. But the, my girl out there whose mom put her in there, she's actually not guilty of anything. And she got a 17 year sentence and she has three small children is, um, she's a peer support person out there and she's brought tons of girls inside the prison mm -hmm. to Jesus. So when I see things like that, I know getting up taking a shower, going out in that weather, going across the windy bridge and doing all that, it's totally worth it yeah. because I'm just the messenger, mm -hmm. you know? I'm just the messenger. I can't save anybody. Only Jesus saves, yeah. but they are the ones that are gonna have to deny. But we all have the secret. And then, you know, to me, everybody here, you know, everything you do, your kids do. So everything you're doing, pretty much you've seen your parents or your families do. and. For me, myself personally, I feel like we're blessed because we have you. So I do, I stay and do everything because I try and follow Dave the best I can. So I usually take whatever he teaches us at church and then I bring it in to my regular life and then also into jail the next week. I try and put something in the sermon because I'm doing church on Monday nights and Joe Haney does it on Tuesday nights. And I'm trying to do the same thing, but it's the same thing that Dave always tells me is, you know what? And the girls want to help everybody. They really have a heart to help everybody. They have the worst childhood you've ever heard in your life, okay? So don't judge them, please. They've, whatever you've heard, the worst thing ever, times 10 is That's their true. childhoods, okay? Absolutely. He told me not to tell you any stories, but um, it's <laughs> times 10. Yeah, it's bad. And it's bad, super bad. Anyway, um, it's what he always tells us is the same thing like in an airplane. You have to put your oxygen on first, then put your kids' oxygens on, okay? It's the same thing with our own families. You have to deny yourself and pick up your cross. You have to, our kids are watching us, right? Preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words, okay? So nothing's gonna change from that right there. So it's gonna cost us something. Get into the word of God, let it change your own life first, then use your words. That's the only thing I can say It's just, it's the same thing in real life, but they've never even seen a, a thing of hope because there's so much shame following them. But what they had happened to them, they blamed themselves and it had nothing to do with them. It was, they were broken when they were little kids and their identity flipped mm -hmm. and they don't remember anything except for shame yeah. and it has nothing to do with them. They were just innocent. So I love this and pray for, pray for Linda and, and Joe and Sarah. Mm -hmm. we, we met a little while back just contemplating how can Redeem jump in and uh, be a part of uh, the jail ministry. If you're interested in getting involved in that ministry uh, for the ladies, uh, please come see Linda. And just another reminder uh, that 
here's, here's a woman in our church. She doesn't get paid for what she does, but she's found an outlet to help people. And it's just a reminder that all of us have been given a ministry. Not all of us will be called to the jails, um, but we're called to people. And if there's a willingness and a courage to go, the reward we reap is so much greater than the seed we sow. Amen. Can you give Linda a big hand of appreciation today? Thanks, Linda. Love you.